and welcome back to the FEZ show. I'm Jack Jordan Maynard and it's been three long weeks since we did our last show. But we have all enjoyed our break and we are ready for more shows in the lead up to season seven, which is only now a couple of months away. But we have quite a bit to discuss today. And with me, as always, in a brand new location is the one and only Jack Pickering. How are you, Jack? Hello, mate. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to be back. Yeah, we had three weeks off, but that's what happens in the off season. There's not really much to talk about. We only we only missed a few things, you know, six time F1 champion uh, making his own extreme E team, you know, just 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 the basic stuff. But no, it's um, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be back. This is my new backdrop uh, for you uh, at uni in Northampton for the, my final year. I've, I've decorated the place, as you can see, actually just out of shot. Is me wearing Bruno Senna's uh, season two Mahindra helmet. So, yeah, there's some nice little trivia, and I've also got my little um, uh, my media pass from um, when I went to Rome a couple of years ago, just there as well. So, yeah, so I've, I've I've decorated this place accordingly, but not so you can see it in my background. Yes, well, you need some Formula E stuff. It's not a it's not a room without Formula E stuff. It's the same in my room. I've got you know my Formula E helmets, Formula E model cars, plenty of Formula E stuff there. But boys, as we have been away for so long, and we release an exclusive story on our magazine, and I want to talk about it. And this was one of the things when we knew we were having a break. But I said, look, when we come back, the story we want to talk about is Alexander Sims and his move to Mahindra. Because when we did that interview back at the beginning of September, you know, I was quite surprised with some of the answers that he gave. And I thought, well, and he has been. It was a really good feature um, in our magazine, which you can go and read if you haven't checked it out to sort of get the full picture of what Alexander Sims will sort of summarize it here. But if you want the full picture, exactly what he said, exactly how it went down, the magazine is the place to go uh, on the Formula Rezone website. But what I found really interesting from that move, Jack, was it had happened in lockdown. So we were all going, remember, we were doing Formula E shows here saying, you know, what were you going to do with Alexander Sims? Should he stay at BMW? Should he move? Is BMW going to drop him? After the races and the live shows, we were like, oh, what can you do with Alexander Sims? The deal was already done. He was already at the building. It was basically just finish the season and look ahead towards Mahindra in season seven. Were you surprised that the deal was done during the main lockdown period and not like during Berlin? Yeah, no, that did come as a bit surprise for me. I, I, I would have thought he would have been pushed by BMW before he jumped. But um, good, good on Alexander Sims for, uh, for, uh, for actually jumping and looking elsewhere during, uh, during lockdown as well. And yeah, no, I think he will fit in well at Mahindra. Um, but yeah, I, I think he must be a big fan of our shows because uh, because we had touted it a little bit before that. And uh, I, I uh, so yeah, who knows? Maybe our shows maybe convinced him that he did need to jump before he was uh, he was pushed. I doubt it, but we live in hope. But um, yeah, no, it's going to be um, it, it's going to be a good relationship there. I can see um, Sims doing well at Mahindra, and that has opened the start the spot up at BMW. Um, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, and the silly season has rolled on. There hasn't re- there hasn't been any announcements since we've been away, but we we are starting to see a few different people in a like either in the same places, definitely, or they are moving teams as well. Yeah, that's what I think. Obviously, the moves for like Mahindra to second seat, which we were all expecting to be Alex Lynn, but it could be anyone else. And obviously, BMW yet to announce their drive. 
But it was really interesting is that he was in discussions with BMW. And he, I thought it was also interesting to say he has been in discussions with other teams prior, right? Whether it was Mahindra or maybe some other teams plus BMW. But he's obviously, he's, he's had a chat with BMW. And BMW probably offered him a contract. And I think he, he says this in, in the magazine. He sort of was offered the contract, but he wasn't really happy with what he was being offered. And he said it wasn't to do with money. There's not, money was not a thing. It was just about, you know, career stability. So coming from that, Jack, I'm assuming, you know, the BMW toxic environment, as people keep saying, of a rolling one-year deal and that, you know, what if, or we can just get rid of Alexander Sims or move on when we find someone suitable to get into that seat. Seemed like that was what BMW were going to play. And Alexander Sims was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want an actual team where I can stay, build, build a project, which he believes in Mahindra is a project with the technical partnerships that they've got now with ZF and stuff like that coming in, going into season seven and beyond, that there's a team and, and a future that he can build rather than just racing every season just to save his seat. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, yeah, it does make sense for um, for Alexander Sims, yeah. If if he wasn't happy with the BMW contract, he wasn't happy with the BMW contract, and I think he's found a very good seat in Mahindra. Um, but yeah, that that that's that BMW seat. I mean, we've we've even seen um, Antonio Felix da Costa, the, our, our new champion. It turned out to be a fantastic move, but he left the BMW camp that he was in for so many years. He went from Red Bull to BMW, and that uh, he, he was in Red Bull for his junior career. He went to BMW for DTM. And and then into Formula E as well, and then um, and then in and uh, and then he decided to leave that after however many years, and then switch to um, to DS Cheetah, and it 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 did work out for him in the end because he is our new champion. But um, but yeah, it does it does seem to put a couple question marks on uh, on BMW. We we've seen that they have the pace to do well can every now and again but we haven't we didn't re we haven't really seen it consistently even when da costa was in the car la um last season he got um the win in diria and then he got another i believe he finished second in mexico city um and apart from that there wasn't really much that uh, antonio felix da costa did and we saw it this season with max gunter the only time he scored points was he was he was on the podium or he wasn't even in the points and then alexander sims started well but then fell away very quickly towards the end of the season and so uh and so yeah still the bmw car is a massive option i don't, i do think that many drivers should be going for that seat but Right now, I don't actually see anyone who I'd want to put in that in that second seat. I thought Alexander Sims was a good fit. Um, Oliver Turvey, we are ninety nine percent sure now is staying at Neo three 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 for this season. Um, but um, yeah, apart from that, there's no real person that you could put in there. There's been Philip Eng, there's been Lucas Auer touted in and around, but apart from that, there hasn't really been much. No, I was thinking work with Oliver Turvey obviously could still go. I, I know when you say 99% certain, but I still think there's a little inkling. But I think BMW are, you know, lending towards 
the Lucas Ayer, the Philip Eng sort of route and promoting within BMW and Oliver Turvey therefore would stay with Neo who would be his teammate for next season Daniel Laptop marching well still really undecided we don't really know what the contract situation is there but I want to pose this question to you Jack this is a question I want to pose to you I don't think this you know it's not just us we're not saying that BMW has a toxic environment but there are many other publications, and it seems from the outside that there is some form of something's not right. Why would Antonio Felix da Costa in the first place jump ship? Yes, Tech Cheetah are a really strong side, but effectively Antonio Felix da Costa, that was his team, right? So for him jumping into Jeff's team, yes, conquering Jeff's team and winning the championship, but we all went and thought, oh, that's risky, right? He's going into Jeff's camp. It's like risky how we're saying Sam Bird's going into Mitch Evans' camp. He's left his team. But for the Costa to leave BMW so early into BMW's ethos. But I don't think it's BMW. I think I'm going to point the finger and I'm trying not to bite my face, nose to spite my face, whatever the saying is. But I have a feeling it's the American side of things. I have a feeling that the Andretti side of things. Because... Let's think about IndyCar and how American sports work and how, you know, Michael Andretti is a stern customer. Jay Penske, we look at the Dragon operation, is a stern... If you're not performing, you're out the door, right? And you see that in American sports a lot and in terms of an American business as well. If you're not performing, you're out the door, we'll get someone better in. And with that pressure potentially on the likes of Alexander Sims, if that pressure doesn't really gel with a driver or does they don't like that politics behind the team maybe that makes sense because Alexander Sims hasn't left BMW he's left the team but is still part of the BMW was driving in the Nürburgring 24 hours with BMW so he's kept his BMW links happy did he just want to get out of the Andretti side of it, and maybe that's where the pressure is coming from. It it, it could be a possibility. I'm not sure. I know uh, I know that you've had a couple runnings with Andretti as well over the years as well. Um, but le- less the said of that, the better. But um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I do see what you mean by um by uh and uh, the Andretti team being quite stern because it, in IndyCar recently. Um, they've got rid of Zach Veach for the rest of this season to put James Hinchcliffe, um, the I don't know, uh, the multiple race winner, into um, into that 26 car, and he's going to run it till the end of the season. And Zach hadn't. I mean, like the last few seasons I've been watching IndyCar, Zach hasn't been there or thereabout. Whilst we see um, Alex Rossi doing well all the time, yes, Marco Andretti uh, hasn't been there or thereabout, but he is a race winner in IndyCar. Um, and yeah, even um, and Takuma Sato's first Indianapolis 500 win that was with Andretti back in 2017. And so yeah, I do see possibly if you're not doing amazingly well, you could get the dump. And as you said, with um with Dragon, we've seen that before. Ho- Jose Maria Lopez, who had um a pretty decent season with Dragon in season four. But didn't have a great one in season five, and Max Gunter absolutely trounced him that season, and he was out. And Lopez was out the door as well. And uh, we saw it with Brendan this year. Brendan didn't come back, even though he scored Dragons only two points of the season. Um, 
but yeah it's it's um it's an interesting one i th- i don't want to like point fingers and say yes it's them or yes it's them who are the who are at fault but it it it's it's starting to become quite apparent that maybe something isn't right there no i agreed and i don't want to point fingers either i don't want to point fingers but when you think your main driver in Antonio Felix da Costa has jumped ship, then your other factory driver also jumps ships, but keeps his ties with the factory team. And when you have, it's, you know, we call it BMW, but it's not BMW. You know, it's BMW I Andretti. So there is another stakeholder in that team. And whether or not that could be a, a problem. There's like a mix of opinions. There's too many cooks that spoil the broth. You know, all the nice catchphrases that you ever, ever want to say. That that might be causing that sort of toxic environment. And people, you got Roger Griffiths, who's a very good, but obviously gets on very well with Andretti as well. And he's quite stern. But, you know, at the same time, when you've got his boss is still Michael Andretti. So, you know, you've got a sort of, might not be the way he wants to work, but at the same time, he's got to please his boss. I don't know. It's just, when you see Michael Andretti, it's the same when you see Jay Penske, and the, you, it's like an authority figure, right? It's like, this is the the big daddy, basically. Um, but when you go and see Mark Preston, or when you go and see the owners of, you know, the Virgin, the Envision line in Virgin, or Jaguar, for example, it doesn't, you know, that sort of, stern fence that sort of thing isn't there and i don't know if because of that that's being transferred into the team and that's just making it that toxic environment i'm it's pure speculation and it has to be pure speculation but there has to be a reason why a driver jumps but then stays with a manufacturer and why a lead driver like antonio felix da costa leaves basically his team a team that he could have led to maybe not this season but next season to a title push and maybe with him leaving and obviously getting the title push this they maybe could have made a title push this season but because he's left that sort of you know new drivers coming in if Antonio Felix da Costa was there maybe BMW could have been a bit more consistent because he knows the team he knows the car blah 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 it's all speculation I know but I just think there could be something there and I think you can't rule it out with what's been going on lately but let's talk about another team Venturi because on Twitter over the last couple of days, Venturi have sort of been tweeting about their second driver. And we all know that Felipe Massa has left. Eduardo Mortara is there going there. Well, obviously, he should be staying. We'd be very surprised if he's not there next season. But who do we think is going to be in that second seat? I know we've discussed it prior. Is the only option for Venturi Jake Hughes? No. I think I'm going to say. Um, I think that there are other options than Jake Hughes. Yes, he's done well. Uh, even he went up to, um, after a season in Formula 3, he went up to Formula 2 last weekend in Sochi. And I think he was pretty close to the points in both races. So he did do extremely well. And I do think that's a very good possibility that Jake Hughes will be in that seat for next season. Um, however, I do think there are a few other competitors that we that are still in the running. I know that you've got you've got big ideas on um Nelson Piquet Jr. joining joining that and I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll hear that in length in a couple of minutes time. But um but yeah I, I still think that there's a possibility that maybe Jerome D'Ambrosio could be going there. 
Um, uh, I saw some rumours on maybe Arthur Leclerc, who's been their reserve driver for the last couple of years. So, so maybe to get a Leclerc in Formula E as well as Formula One, that would be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's not as open as we've seen some seats over the lap, uh, over the last few years. I think there is a shortlist. Um, and yeah, based on what Venturi have done over the last few days, um, we might be doing another show this time next week saying Venturi have signed, insert name here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think, you know, I was surprised when I thought, when they saw the announcement, well, not the announcement that they were touting the announcement. I thought, I honestly thought the, the announcement will be here by the end of the week. And that the fact that it isn't by here by the end of the week, um, just shows that I don't know what they're playing at, but obviously there must be an announcement. A decision has been made at Venturi. I did say Nelson Piquet Jr. because why on earth does Nelson Piquet Jr. go to Berlin to do commentary? He's not a commentator. He's not a presenter. He's going there to talk deals, right? He's going there to get his foot back in Formula E. There's, there's no, you know, there's only one way. There's one way, and that's exactly what he's doing, in my opinion. Whether he gets a seat or not. But he's gone there to talk. There's no doubt about it. There's no question in my mind. But I think that's a long shot. If, if he's the driver, I must have. I should have put a bet. I would be probably an overnight millionaire if Nelson Piquet Jr. gets that seat. But I honestly think... I don't know how much sway Mercedes have over who. Because obviously now Mercedes are the driver, the manufacturer, the engine, or the powertrain supplier. There we go. Get my words out. The powertrain supplier for Venturi. And Jake Hughes, which makes sense because he drives for HWA, which is the Mercedes offshore team, basically. Like uh, the team that Mercedes trialed Formula E first in Formula E uh, in Season 5. Then it came Mercedes. Jake Hughes is there. He's 26 years of age. F1's probably not going to happen. He did all right in his F2 debut. And probably how he does for the rest of the season. If he does good there. Well, I think the deal's already done. But was that maybe his that result in wherever it was? Where was it? Sochi. That he did. Was that enough to then... There you go, Venturi. We signed Jake Hughes on the dotted line. He's also a Mercedes driver. Keeps our powertrain supplier happy. And then whatever happens, happens. I really think Jake Hughes is the main option. I don't think there is any other Mercedes junior drivers who are anywhere close to, to getting that seat. In terms of Mercedes Juniors, no, no, there is, there is no one else on that shortlist. I don't think. Um, so yeah, you could say that could, that, uh, that could be a slam dunk, but I, uh, as, as I said, I, st- I still think those other people are still in with a shout and yeah, I think we don't have long to wait. Um, Obviously, this is usually the time where this is usually when we go testing. Um, if 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 this was a normal season, we'd be going testing now. Um, but because of the pandemic, that's been pushed back to the end of November, beginning of December. Um, and so, yeah, we will. It, I, it the next two months, we are going to find out who's where and uh, and uh, and everything, and it, and it's going to be. And, and it's going to be quite exciting, but yeah, the, the the Venturi seat, the BMW seat, those are the two biggest question marks at the moment because no one really has an, any idea. Uh, yeah, Jake Hughes is probably odds on um, in the Venturi, but 
you still would get decent odds um, for him because it's not it's not a slam dunk, not yet. Yeah, I'm surprised Silly Season has been so slow, to be honest with you. We're now beginning of October. You've got another month, I'd say, till I think you want deals to be done and people getting ready for testing. So I think October is going to be the month where, you know, testing is going to be done. Uh, the world signings are going to be done. Um, but let's talk preseason testing. You just brought it up there. So the dates have been confirmed. Uh, November 28th, which is a Saturday, running until Tuesday the 2nd of December, which was, I think, the exact date that Formula E said on the open talent call that people, whoever have applied for that, and the lucky four people um, will be going, whether it's one of us, we don't know. Fingers crossed, as Jack does it. Uh, I know you can't see him because I'm talking, hopefully, at the moment. Um, but what do we think of testing? And obviously, I say it's just standard news, I suppose. But important that we have testing, obviously not at Donington, which kind of makes sense, although it would have been really fun to see the cars drive at in five degree temperature. Yeah, I think it would have been more like two degrees. I think I think even um, scheduled for um, when, they, when the F1 are in uh, the Nürburgring this weekend, um, uh, apparently FP1 at the moment is scheduled to be about three degrees. So that's going to be enthralling if it's going to be that cold all weekend. But um but yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, it does make sense to go to, to Valencia. We would have had five layers of thermals if we were in Don, if we were in Donington. Um, so yeah, um, Valencia seems seems relatively exciting. Fing, uh, fingers crossed. Well, well, apparently there's so there's going to be three days as there usually is. However, after the first two days, there's going to be a media day. So you never know. You might see anyone from our team producing stuff from uh produ producing stuff from valencia that um that week yeah those will be the three days before we head out to santiago in um in uh, january i think it's gonna obviously testing's testing it'll be interesting to see the new guys and see if anyone's doing any shootouts which i think would be mad if anyone's doing any driver shootouts between now and for january at that sort of time but yeah hopefully i think we need we would love to be there or at least have someone there because not being there in berlin meant you couldn't get tons of the content that we would have loved which we could have shown you and some behind the scenes stuff so it'd be great to get in at testing and do some behind the scenes stuff but last thing I want to talk about before we go, Jack, is Honda. Now, why are we talking about Honda? Well, there's a big reason why we're talking about Honda, because they today they have pulled out of Formula One. Now, why does that concern Formula E? Well, they're pulling out of Formula One in 2021, which gives them potentially two years to get ready for Gen 3. Now, do I think Honda will have a team in Formula E? Probably not. We're going to stick with 12... If a new team is going to come, I reckon it could come sooner than 2022, 23, and there probably would be some others knocking around. What I think Honda's involvement could be is in the battery development, because obviously we've got Williams at the moment who are going to produce a new battery for Gen, um, going into Gen 3. But, you know, Honda could do something alongside that, or maybe think about what their battery technology is, and then move in, maybe coming for Gen 3.5 or Gen 4. And I think Honda could do something like that. I, I can't see a team, unless you think, Jack, they might bring in a team. But I honestly think they would maybe go more battery, powertrain development. Maybe Formula E might open up, uh, you know, like a Gen 2 Evo. They might open up a, you know, a couple years down the line 
a Gen 3 Evo, whatever, where you maybe we have another battery partner come in and actually, you know, there's some competition to make the batteries even better, make the cars faster, make the cars lighter and really progress because if we're thinking this is not till 2025, you have to remember that in 15 years time, the con the production of normal fossil fuel cars will be out the window, right? And in some countries that'd be even earlier, 2030. So, you know, car manufacturers need to get a move on in terms of getting the range up, getting the battery size smaller um, for normal production road electric cars. Well, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with they're not going to come in with a team. There's ba basically there's no space. The uh, Formula E can only accommodate twelve teams, and so and those and those twelve teams are full, and so we can't actually give a spot up to Honda unless they join forces with a team already in Formula E, which I don't really see happening. Yeah, no, I don't see it. It's, it, it won't happen. Uh, for, uh, Honda said when they left uh, in their announcement this morning that they were going to focus towards EVs, um, and so yeah, it would make sense for them to to come to Formula E, and so yeah, and the only way that they can really do that is through the battery. So yeah, I think I think that is a plausible. Um, I think that is a plausible explanation for it, for if they are going to enter Formula E, but yeah, it's um. It's it's an exciting time because yeah, Mc, uh, McLaren have got the Gen three things, but maybe maybe they've got uh, Gen three batteries. But um, but maybe Honda have got their eyes set on Gen four instead, um, which is still a while off. It yeah, but um, but yeah, I think Honda they would be a great addition to Formula E. However, they do it. I uh, I don't know. We could see. We uh, well. We know one of. Uh, we well. We well. We know. We have known for for a while that apparently one of the teams does want out. So maybe Honda could buy that team. Who knows? But um, but yeah. No. It, it's um. It's uh, it, it's going to be an interesting few months because obviously now Honda has announced they are leaving Formula One, which was a massive shock to everyone this morning. Uh, and no one really expected it. They're the second best PU on the on the F1 grid at the moment. And so, yeah, that was that um, that was a bit of a shock. But um, but yeah, I think there is that there, there there may be a place in Formula E for Honda. And over the next few weeks, months, however long it takes, we might find out more. Yeah, I think it was obviously a big shock for the F1 world. I don't rule them out. I think battery would probably where they want to go because I think it's, it depends on what EVs what they want. Um, because you're thinking about BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, all the teams that we've got at the moment, Jack, and you think Honda would fit in that, in a sense, right? They could build their own powertrain. That's also, you know, useful for the electric road car. But obviously, batteries are a huge part of the electric road car. And it depends on what... And this is what I've been saying now for months, actually, is what will teams start getting frustrated that they, they can't build their own battery? I know that's expensive, Right? I suppose, what do are you as a manufacturer, as a person that wants to build a new car, do you get more satisfaction from building and more production from building a battery or a powertrain? And I think that's for the car manufacturers to make that decision. And if they, if the battery is the way to go and that's what they want to develop, then there's no point really having a race team to develop a own powertrain. You might as well just go in for the battery. But if you think the powertrain is more important, 
or just as important, then maybe partnering with a team like Dragon. We know, you know, as you said, one team is up for sale. Two other teams or three teams in total want some form of investment. So we might have another, you know, Honda Dragon, for example, that would sound cool, maybe, or a Honda Neo, because Neo really is not part of it. Actually, Honda Neo may work. What or what I would like to say though is Dragon is effectively Penske. Penske uh, run Chevrolets in. Um... In IndyCar, so I don't think it would be Dragon just based yeah. on that. And that's why I've said for months, why haven't Chevrolet got on board with Dragon? Because that just seems to make the total sense. But anyway, um, but you know, Honda could partner with a team and sort of, you know, all right, you can run the race team, we'll build the powertrain. At least then we're getting something that we can take if they can't get the batteries. If the batteries sewn up and they can't go that way, for either Gen 3 or Gen 4, right? Then maybe they can say, right, we might as well jump in on a with a team and build a powertrain and get some knowledge that they can transfer into their road cars. Because I think it's essential. And when you look at, you know, early Formula One and the the road car and how, you know, those manufacturers maybe took off or, you know, started this whole trend of being the car to buy, I think that's what you need to be in terms of Formula E. You know, you could become the car to buy. Um, if you um, if you get it right but Jack I think that's pretty much everything I think we've done really well um, thank you so much for coming on it's the first one in three weeks it feels weird um, but it's great to be back yep happy to have been back so so hopefully we will probably do one we're not unsure at the moment if we depending on how much news breaks um, and what we've got lined up as well in the future so hopefully we may go back to one a week or maybe one every two weeks, so um, you'll sort of find out what's going on. And if you you want to find out what's going on, the best place to be, Jack, is in our Discord channel, right? You come to our Discord channel, you'll find out everything, right? You can chat Formula E with us, you can ask questions. You know, we're always on there, we're updating people what we're doing with the magazine, potential interviews, uh, and, you know, if you want to ask, but be like, we're trying to get a really big interview at the moment and we sort of announced it on there and if people wanted any to ask any questions you know that's sort of the first place we go we've got a really great community over there so if you want to join us just hit the discord link below we're also on twitch great community there as well so if you want to come see us play some random games um and stuff come and pop along because we'll always answer any formula re questions or any racing questions and it's just great to chat with you on just a human level rather than me talking to you through a piece of camera i can actually talk to you and you can actually reply to me which is pretty awesome uh but please don't also remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on the youtube or any on the podcast apps um thank you so much you have been watching the fez show we will be back very soon see you later